welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. I think our world today is deteriorating more than the days of old. So, Isaiah chapter 55 from verse 16 to, from verse 6 to 13. So, he has already read. I'll just, let me give the background setting. Now, the world in the days of prophet Isaiah looks like this. Politically, world forces were in conflict for supremacy. So, countries and different empires were fighting against each other for, in order for supremacy. Then socially, there were a lot of abuses, resentment, unrest, profiteering, land-grabbing, extortion, and eviction prevailed during that time. There were a lot of corrupt city governments and bribe-taking judges that actually made life very, very miserable and difficult for those who did not measure up to be able to, to gain any financial fame, to gain any financial favor. The most, the most important part of this is the religious part. During the world of, in the days of, of uh, Prophet Isaiah, in the churches, in the Christian community during these days, there was a lot of Baal worshipping that infiltrated the house of the Lord. Idol worshipping of so many kinds infiltrated the house of the Lord. There was a lot of superstitious customs from the east and the gruesome worship of the God of Molech or Moloch. Of course, the worship of this God, we all know that uh, the, the, the goddess Moloch is, is a Canaanite goddess that actually was associated to the making of sacrifice, giving a child for sacrifices. So it was actually being practiced during this time. And the bad thing of this is that even in churches, they were like condoning and nobody was saying anything. So it was going on. This practice was going on. Moral rectitude was lacking and ethical standards were very, 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 very low at this time. So the religious devotions were only of, were only a formal thing taking over second hand from those who were devoid of the true understanding of God and his demands. Now, Churches, church services were polluted with the actual worship of God and the land was full of idols which they bowed down to. So like you, you, you could have different places around town where you have different worship, different groups and different neighborhoods. They erect their own gods and they will come and bow down to. This is actually what was happening in the days of, of, uh, of Isaiah in his world. There were a lot of soothsayers and diviners. There were a lot of uh, 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 all kinds of Adult worshipping and, and people really did not care about the things of God. To them, it was just okay to come to church, sit in a religious gathering like this, and then go and do whatever you want. To them, it was okay. Through all national life, ran a pride and self-compliance which led the people to forget and the dependence. It made the people to forget about God and also to depend on, on God. Now, I can say it and go on and go on and go on. But one thing that is so remarkable about this is that it is the same thing today which we are living in. The world we are living today is not different from this because every day, like if you open your eyes and see what is happening in the world, like there is a, a cut off from the church completely. The love of God is growing cold in the hearts of people every day. People don't give attention to the things of God anymore. People don't serve God with passion anymore. Their interest is just buried and sunken in the things of the world. That there are some people that who even were Christians, 
you know, you talked about them to the, about the things of God today, they will sound like, you know, you, you, you are really out of your mind. So this is a world during the days of, of, of Eli, uh, Isaiah. So Isaiah now, chapter 6 of Isaiah tells us how Isaiah saw his vision, how the Lord called him. And so from verse 5, Isaiah now, he, he, when he, he, he had his encounter and his vision with the Lord, Isaiah cried out, he said, woe unto me, you know, for I am, un, un, I am undone. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst people of unclean lips. So Isaiah now recognized himself and know that he has been wrapped out in the, in the sinful situation whereby he himself does not even qualify to come in the presence of the Lord. Then in verse 6 of chapter 6 tells us that then there is one of the seraphim, that is an angel now, it came now, it reached to the altar and grabbed something live coal and came to Isaiah now and touched him on his lips. And he told him that your iniquity has been taken away. Your iniquity has been taken away. So Elijah now feel Isaiah. I'm skip on saying Elijah. Isaiah now feel his iniquity was taken away. Then now in verse eight now, and the prophet Isaiah now could clearly hear the voice of the Lord. And he said in verse eight, he says that, and I hear the voice of the Lord saying, "Who will, whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" So our world today, this rotten world today, need that God should send somebody. This world needs that God should send. There is somebody, someone actually is needed to go into our rotten world to deliver to them the word of the Lord, the word of salvation, the word of Jesus Christ. When Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord, Isaiah did not hesitate. Isaiah stepped forward. Isaiah said, here am I. Send me, Lord. I am ready to go. He owned up because, like he, he testified in verse 5, he said, he lived in a community, people of unclean lips, people of evil, wickedness, people who do not even have sensitivity to the things of God anymore. Then Isaiah made his mind and hearkened to the call of the Lord. And Isaiah said in verse 6, chapter 6, of eight of, uh, chapter six verse 8 of the book of Isaiah, that's when Isaiah now received his call. Then he come now to the people here from verse 55. He come now to address the sinful situation. And I like the way Isaiah begins from verse 55. He says that, in verse, verse, uh, verse 6, he says that, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He goes to verse 7, he says that, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly uh, uh, pardon. So, Isaiah extend this invitation to the people. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And that is my topic. That is our topic for this uh, message this evening. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. There is just a lot about seeking the Lord while he may be found. Now listen, it so happened that it coincided with our lesson this morning in Sunday school. And we came to a point where we say that, you know, nobody knows the time or the hour. Time is in God's hands. Time is in God's hands. Nobody knows. And nobody, none of us here can, nobody, I don't think there is anybody here who can boast that he or she knows when you are going to die, when you are going to be called home. Nobody knows. Because we don't know when we're going to die, so I think that it is important for us to seek the Lord while we are still living, while we still have this opportunity to live. So Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. It's not like the Lord is outside of somewhere. It's not like the, because the Lord he is omnipotent and omnipresent. He is everywhere. So he says that 
call upon him while you have the time where you still living. It doesn't mean that God is living in a kind of a different planet that you have to go and search for him. No, he says that. That means that while you still have the opportunity to inhale and exhale this breath of God that he has given freely to you, make good use of that time to seek God, to follow God. If you are the one who has been living in sin, if you are the one who has been going through all the things I have listed here above, then it is about time for you to make an about turn and seek God and follow him while you still have the opportunity. Because time is not on your side. Time does not belong to you. Time belongs to God. And he can choose at any time to reach out and to take back that bread that he has given to you. You don't have any option. But you say, Lord, have it. And that is it. So he, he called upon them. He says that, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And one good thing that Isaiah brought into this passage, into the verse, he says that, that second part, that last part of verse, uh, verse 7, he says that, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. This shows the extravagant love and grace and mercy of our God, that no matter what each individual has ever done, no matter what kind of evil you have ever done, any time that you recognize, you realize yourself, and you come on to the Lord and say, Lord, I have messed up, I have blown up, and you open your mouth and confess to the Lord, the Lord's hand is always available, extended wide to reach out and to grab anybody who comes onto him. That's why Isaiah says that he is abundantly good and merciful. He will abundantly, abundantly forgive. Now, if we look at... Um, uh, so Isaiah calls for repentance. He calls for transformation. And, and uh, he also, at the end of this, this, this section, he, he, he reveals the signs of divine revelation. Isaiah says, Seek ye the Lord where he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous his thought. Return to the Lord. God will abundantly pardon. Now Paul brought the importance. He brought something. Some, he made, I, I take the words of, of, of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 to make allusion to what Isaiah said here. He said in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 20, he says that, For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. That means that if there is anyone seated here, rare and now today, if you have never, ever, if you have not confessed, if you have not made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. You do have that opportunity here right now. The same situation where Paul was, was addressing the church in Corinthians. He says that, behold, now is the accepted time. The accepted time, behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen? God's time is now. That's why Isaiah was addressing and telling these people, God's time is now. You don't know about the next second. You don't know about the, the next minute. God's time is now. Then he goes on the call to transformation. Now, the parallel between God and the human agent is being brought in verse eight to verses 8 and 9. I just love this passage so much. Verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 says that, For my thoughts, God's thoughts, God says that, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Yeah. He is right because God's thoughts are good. God's thoughts are wonderful. God's thoughts are perfect. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Human thoughts is very, we are just evil. Our thought is just very bad. And he goes, so he says that, and my ways 
and not your ways. So you see the parallel that, God, that Isaiah brings in here. Listen, we, you cannot know the goodness of God until you go closer to him and taste that goodness. And anytime you go closer to God and taste of his goodness, you will glue to him. Because his ways and his thoughts are very, very, very good. Amen? Amen. God's ways are good. Every word that is printed here, black and white, is for our own good. God is good. He is perfect. He ways to us, they are the best and nothing else. Now, there is something very important that I brought here to see man's own ways, God's own ways, man's own thoughts, and God's own thoughts. Now, Jeremiah, looking at God's thoughts, Jeremiah 29, 11 says that, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. How better can I say this? God's thought for us is to give us an expected end. In God's thought towards me and you, there is no evil in it. In God's plan towards me and you, there is no evil in it. His plan is, his thought towards us is to carry us to an expected end. There is no evil in it. But look at man's own thoughts. Look at Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. It brings man's own thoughts. Genesis 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Woo! That is man's own thought. Every bit of our thought is full of evil. And that is why Isaiah says that. And God says that his ways, his thoughts is not your own. You are going the way you are going because you don't know the thoughts and the plan that I have for you. My thought and plan for you is to carry you up to an expected end. But yours is full of evil and evil and evil that will lead you to hell. Hosea chapter 14 verse 9 brings in God's own ways. This is what Hosea said. Who is wise and he shall understand these things. Prudent and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. The ways of the Lord are right. So if you are here. Or if you are listening online. And you are living a lifestyle that does not please God. I want you to know that God is giving an option to you. The best option. He says that anyone in Hosea 14 says that anyone who knows the way of the Lord. Say for the ways of the Lord they are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. Look at man's own ways. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12. It brings in man's own ways. This is what Proverbs said. There is a way which seemeth right unto man. <laughs> but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, sometimes we, we feel that we can make good decisions out of God, independent of God. Sometimes we feel that we can do our things keep, keeping God aside. But the Bible tells us that sometimes, seemingly, we feel that the decisions that we are making independent of God, they are good. But what does the Bible say? That the end of is what? Leads to what? Death. Some translations say destruction. I would choose God's thoughts and God's ways because that is what is best for me. And in God's thoughts and in God's ways towards me, there is no mistake. It is for my good. Not to harm me, but to take me to an expected end. Amen? The third thing is the effectiveness of God's words that is being brought here. 
in this passage from verse uh, 10 and 11. So, Isaiah actually used this illustration. He talks about the rain and the snow. And this is what Elijah said. I will paraphrase here. I mean, Isaiah. You know, when rain falls, right? The rain, when it falls, then what does the rain do to us? It waters our crops. We drink the water. It does. The rain is very useful to us. So, the rain, when God releases the rain from above and it falls here, that rain does not go back up without actually watering the green grass vegetation as you see outside there. So the vegetation outside there, it is green and beautiful thanks to the rain that God released from above. Then Isaiah came back, he said, the rain that you see, he utilized the rain and the snow like the word of God. The word of God is like this rain, that each time the word of God is released, it has power that, of course, the Bible says that the word of God is sharper than two edged sword. It never goes back, it never goes out and comes back void. So there is something about this word of God that each time it is being discharged, even be it from here or just read or you read it, there is something that is being released that it will not come back void to God. Isn't it good to see that, to understand that we have a God who loves us this much? That he, everything that he, he, he does for us is for, for our own good? God loves us so much that sometimes we don't know his, the, we, don't, we cannot quantify that amount of love that God has for us. Now, 2 Corinthians 1.20, to support this fact, says that for all the promises of God in him and ye are ye, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So any word that God said, every word that has, God has declared in his word, is that the word of God says that it is ye, and amen. It is yes, it will come to pass, and it is for our good. Now, the last part of that passage, verses 12 to 13. Isaiah, there are certain things that he brings out which are extracted from uh, Isaiah from chapter 35 of verse 10. A joyful spirit exodus from the land of spiritual captivity and bondage. The peaceful bliss of divine guidance. The entire creation is to share in the freedom and glory of the children of God. A transformed earth community and humanity will thus bear witness to the reality of God. Now, let me read what it says at verse, uh, the last two verses, 12 and 13. It says that, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Verse 13 says, Instead of thorn shall come up the field tree. Instead of the, 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 the briar shall come up the middle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. It is showing a victory here at the end. This victory is coming as a result of this. Only if and only if. When you recognize yourself that you are living a life that does not please God, and then you turn around and you confess to him and make peace with him and invite him, and you confess that sin and you forsake that sin, then your blessing, your relief and the victory in your life will be like this somewhere. It's like you're passing on trees, they are rejoicing, celebrating you. You feel like these branches and these trees, that, are, that you are relieved. You are relieved from all these bondages, from these bondages. So God's word is for us, for our good. When God said, come unto me, 
God loves us. He loves us so much, loves us so much, that if we can only imagine the amount of love that God has for us, then I think now is the time to make that decision. If you have not made that decision yet, now is the time. Now is the time. I want to end by giving some few uh, words of reflection here. Can we go to the first one? Some few words of reflection here. It says that the time of repentance is now. The time of repentance is now. God's time is always now. God does not and will not and has never ever taken a second chance. What he wants is now. Do you know why God wants it now? Because the time is not in your hands. Because you don't know what can happen to you the next second. That is why he, he wants your attention now. The time of repentance is now. God's time is always now. The second point, you must identify, confess, and forsake the sins in your life to have a genuine relationship with God, your maker. God does not mix words. God does not condone with sin at all. If you must enjoy the favor and the glory and, the, and that unity, that fellowship with the Lord, what can really prevent or hinder is when there is sin in the middle. He is a holy, he is a righteous God. So he does not even sit around sin. So in order for us, for you to enjoy this fellowship, then we must, if actually, if we live in a, a kind of lifestyle that does not please God, you have to identify the sin, you confess it, forsake it, then God will, his hands are always stretched wide and will receive you and you enjoy the wonderful blessing and fellowship with God, our maker. Then the third point says that anyone who rejects Christ at Christ's appeal for repentance is heading for destruction. Anyone who rejects Christ's appeal for repentance, that one is heading for destruction. You know, a few minutes ago, a moment ago, I read this verse that says that there is a way that seems right unto men, but the end thereof leads to what? Leads to death or leads to, to destruction. You know, it is very painful these days to share Christ with people. Painful in the sense that they are so stubborn to the gospel. People don't want to listen to the gospel. People don't want to hear anything about the gospel anymore. People are so wrapped up and glued to the pleasures of the things of the world that they feel that when they give their life to Christ, they'll miss out anything. That is ignorance. You all sit here, are you missing something in this life? It is ignorance, right? And that is how the devil has really incarcerated people, put shackles in their hands to make them believe that when you give your life to Christ and live as a Christian, then you miss out in life. That is not correct. Real life is in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that Christ came to give us life and more what? More abundantly. Amen? Abundant life is in Jesus Christ and not to no one else. Today is the day. Now is the time. And lastly, the joy of salvation is felt by the redeemed. If you are here, you don't have that joy of your salvation, that peace in your mind, then I'm, I want to suggest that the blood of Jesus Christ has not yet made anything for you. 
It does not really, really purify you because as a child of God, there is something, when something happens and you think about your Lord, your God, you have this peace, this confidence. It is just natural. Given by the Spirit. That protects us, that, that, that guards our thoughts and our minds. The joy of salvation is felt by the redeemed. That is why it is different when a child of God, you're going through hardship and through difficulties. Your own way of composure, your own way of handling is different from someone who does not know the Lord, who does not know Jesus Christ. Because we are being empowered by the spirit present in us. And you know that there's just something will tell you that my God is in control. It's going to be okay. The God I serve will not let me down. You know who makes you to do all this, to say all this? Because of him who is in you. And the Bible says that greater is he which is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? That is the God that we are serving. And that is the God that Isaiah was trying to introduce to these people. He said, listen, repent. Turn away from your wicked ways and embrace this God and see if your life is not going to change. I want to end this message by giving a true story. When I was in middle school, I had this friend. He was privileged. He, he was so privileged and uh, he had a, a small grocery store that um, he was really selling and making, he was living a good life. I don't know what good is, but he, 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 he was flourishing. He had a girlfriend. I remember visiting this friend in his shop and I would share Christ with him. I would share the word. I would share Christ with him. That was when I, when I gave my life to Christ, I was very hot. I would want to share Christ to everybody I meet. So I bugged this friend so much so that one time I went to his store to meet him there. And he was there with his girlfriend. I shared Christ with him. And he told me that. He said, Raphael, you know, well, I am planning that when my shop will grow bigger and I, I will build a house. And maybe when I, I, I have rest, get married and raise a family and build a bigger house and become more stable in my older age, that is when I will turn to that your church thing. That was what he said. That friend, I remember taking that personal. I, I went with him and I would cry. I would share with him. I appeal with him. I said, listen, just listen. You will not miss out anything if you give your life to Christ. And this friend was so adamant, resistant, stiff. I would not listen to anything. I did not wish what happened to him to have happened. But this is what happened to this friend. This friend... Few weeks later, something happened in their neighborhood, and uh, that shop was raised. Everything burned completely down. The whole shop and the whole of that block, everything down. The girlfriend that he had, he, she she deserted him, and this friend that was just he he became like a wretched guy. I remember this day that he came to school. It so happened that he was, he was fortunate that upon all the things that God burned in his heart was, uh, there was just one book that did not burn. And what I knew that was that he came, they had given an assignment to school. So he, what he did was he, he brought that, that unburned book with smoke and you can see burning around and to come and to present to the, to the teacher. I said, listen, I did not do my assignment because my, heart got, my house got burned, including my store, and this is only what is left inside. As a matter of fact, I'm here like this is, only, this is just all as I am. I don't, that's why I did not do the assignment. The Bible says that the arm of flesh will fail you. When we hear the word of God, God is giving us opportunity. We think that, no, I have time to play. No, I want to postpone. No, God's time is, is now. 
I want us to stand, please. And maybe, and maybe, this world means something to you. God has touched you in, in one way or the other. I want to make this appeal. The time is now. God is so good. God is really good. He means good for us. I will sing this song all to Jesus, I surrender. And if you want to make that declaration to give your life to Christ, please just walk forward and we'll pray for you. We're not asking you to come and pay some money or to do some kind of ritual. No, you just come and just you declare your, 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 your faith openly. That is just all. Oh, to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily. just have this in your mind. If you feel, if there's anyone who is sick, you want to be prayed for, please come and let us pray for you. Is anyone amongst us who is sick and you want to be prayed for? One minute. Anyone who is sick, want to be prayed for? Okay. Father, we want to say thank you. You have spoken. It is final. Lord, when you speak, you don't care about the feeling, but you care about the soul. Father, may you bless your word. Thank you for this opportunity and the privilege. Be with us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. There we go. Come on. Everybody was already too tired. Just relax. It's time for offering. Amen. It's offering time right now. So um, we need. Yes. Brother Keith is making arrangements for us to get our offerings plates around so we can we can do a collection. Praise. Any song for offering? You know, you know, in Africa, when we do offering, we sing songs. And we are dancing while, the, while people are dancing to give. But we are not going to do that today. Your plate is going to come to you where you are seated. So. I don't forget some.
is like unto thee. Mighty God, who is like unto thee. Oh, well, uh, well. Is it, are you getting it? Yeah. You don't know God is good. Yeah. He has done me well. Oh, my soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. He, he has, has done me well. Oh, my soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. So good. He has done me well. Oh, my soul. <laughs> Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. He has done he us well. Know our soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. Our God is good. So good. He has done God us well. Our soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. He has done he us well. Know our soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. The Lord is good. So good. say our offertory prayer after the offering. <laughs> so, hey, if you missed our offering plate, 
if you miss the men given the offering plate, uh, we have our black boxes there in the back, and you can at the Welcome Center and certainly do that. So I'm going to say our, our, our offertory prayer as well as we're going to have our, our closing prayer. But before you dismiss, Innocent has some final announcements. I want to, I want to well, thank you for coming to our very first, you know, the one we did back in um, February. We were just trying it out. It yes. was very successful as yes. well as tonight. This is the first of 25 African worship services here right. at Broadway Baptist Church. Many of you might be saying, Pastor, how do I know the schedule of when it's going on? Our church, I send a weekly email in, uh, every Friday, and you will see that schedule of when it's going to be African worship. If you are here, and maybe you're not receiving my emails, I only, I only send it one time a week, write your uh, email address down on a piece of paper and hand it to me. That way I can make sure you're on the on weekly email and you can see everything going on. Raphael, what a wonderful message. Powerful message there from Isaiah 55. So thank you so much for that. That was for that. And I did. I want to encourage our online folks. As Raphael shared, you know, there's a time to know the Lord. If you are watching and participating and worshiping online, you reach out to us, send us a message, and we can get in touch with you about what it means to be saved with that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close this in prayer, and we will be meeting again here next Sunday evening. That's going to be on May 1st at 6 o'clock. Then we'll let innocent. Let's bow our heads and pray. God, you are a wonderful, great God. Lord, I thank you for this praise team. I thank you for innocence, leadership. And Lord, we thank you for also for Raphael's powerful message. Lord, we pray this is the beginning of a movement here, reaching the nations with the gospel here in Lexington. God, we give you our offerings, not just our financial offerings. Lord, we give you our lives. Lord, I thank you that we are a part of a wonderful church that all the nations come and worship you. Jesus, I pray that our gifts we give, Lord, our praises we sing, and Lord, the words we read in the scriptures, Lord, you anoint them and you take them. Lord, we, we give them to you as an aroma, pleasing, a sacrifice, an offering to you. God, I pray your hand is on this service. And as we go through this year for 2022, that we look back and say, wow, God, look what you did. Look how far we have come with our African worship service since April 24th. Lord, we just pray for a powerful movement. And thank you for your spirit coming upon us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So the announcement I had to make, Pastor Daniel already made it. We are meeting again next week. Same time. And remember, Scripture says, do not neglect the days of little beginnings. Amen. These are our little beginnings. Hopefully, it will grow bigger. And so, you have a wonderful night, and be safe as you go. God bless you.